Welcome to the Getting Real with Hillary show, where ordinary heroes tell extraordinary stories during unique and never-been-heard-before conversations with your host, Hillary Arno Burns. Hillary's unique listening and way of asking questions results in conversations that aren't usually talked about, so you can create the life that you really want but are afraid you can't really have. We are demonstrating the greatness in the human spirit and creating a world where we all reclaim our birthright of joy, happiness, purpose, and passion. Now, here's your host, Hilary Arno Burns. Welcome to the Getting Real with Hilary show. And today we have a very special guest. Oh, Linda is such a delight. Linda Posey is such a delight. And what she's going to do, I don't want to ruin it, but she is, I hope it's okay to say, in her 70s. And she has found love. She has found a whole new life after, you know, what what was a life-threatening event. And she's going to talk about that event, how she found love, and how, you know what? It's not over just because you're in your 70s. So welcome, Linda. Hi. Hi, Hillary. <laughs> Thank you for having me on your show. <laughs> you're welcome. I, You know, you're so inspiring, Linda. I met Linda, I don't know, probably a few years ago. And I've just watched her grow and become courageous. And I was actually there when you had that. We were in Hawaii when she had that event. But before that, if you could just describe how you were before that event, and then we'll talk about the event and how you've become after that. Would that be okay with you? Yes, that's fine. All right, good. All right, good. So the first thing I want to say about how I was before the event is that I always considered myself not a very adventurous person, um, not someone who is very brave, not someone who would be able to cope in a difficult situation. I always thought that if something life-threatening or really, really extremely stressful came along, I would just panic and lose it and not be able to do anything. Well, that's not very reassuring. And, um, you know, I've uh, had occasion to sit in the... um, the exit row on an airplane, and they ask you these questions about, can you do this? Can you do that? Will you be able to handle the stress of opening the door and, you know, all the other stuff you have to do if the plane should crash? And I just felt like a total fraud. I'm sitting in the exit row, and I know that if this airplane goes down, I'm going to just be a basket case, and I'm not going to be able to help anybody. So that's how I was, how I thought I was before this incident that we're going to talk about. Okay. And the incident was, I think, a year and a half ago, right? Just just about, yeah. Okay. All right. So then go ahead, set the stage. Okay. So I was was in Hawaii for a a program, um, about a week-long program, and we were at a very nice resort. And um, we had plenty of opportunities while we were there to do fun things besides just be in the program. 
And one of the things that was available, of course, was snorkeling. And one day I, uh, and I have, I've been snorkeling before. So, you know, I I was uh, comfortable with that. So one day this uh, friend of mine and I decided to go snorkeling. And um, the place where we uh, were going was a lovely little beach. And uh, the beach curved out into the water. And along one side, there were a lot of lava rocks. So the sand disappeared and then there were just lava rocks along this one side of the beach. Anyway, so that's the location. So we went in snorkeling and we were having a great time. And after a while, I kind of lost track of my friend because I was busy, you know, looking at all the fish and everything. And um, I spotted her over on the side where these lava rocks were. And she was clearly signaling to me, but I had no idea. I thought maybe she'd hurt herself or she was getting out of the water for whatever reason. She had already gotten out of the water. Um, So I headed in her direction. And as I got close to the lava rocks, I saw what looked like a little shortcut to to the area where she was. So I went in there. And it was not a shortcut to anything. It was just a little niche in the lava rocks with only lava rocks and a dead end. And I went in there. And the minute I got in there, the waves just started coming in. Oh, well, I mean, I'm sure they were coming in before that. But but I started noticing the waves coming in. And they just kept pushing me into the rocks. And this was not a very pleasant experience. It was painful. Those rocks, lava is uh, is uh, usually rough and sharp. And of course, it's very hard. And um, so I would try to get my bearings, get my balance, get myself turned around, and I would get pushed into the rocks. And then I would turn around and try to swim out of this little corner that I was in and I would get pushed into the rocks again. And that happened over and over. And of course I was getting exhausted and I was, you know, not at all sure that I was ever going to get out of there. My fins came off and I managed to grab them in my hands. And um, finally this, this pattern of wave after wave coming in, let up enough that I could swim out of the little corner that I was in. And I headed back toward the beach, but of course the beach looked like it was miles away. It wasn't. It was, I wasn't far from the beach, but it looked like a long way. And I was already tired from trying to swim out of this situation. So I can remember everything that I normally think of when I'm in a tough situation came to mind. What if I get tired? What if I can't breathe? What if I'm, (coughs) excuse me, what if I'm exhausted? What if I can't swim anymore? You know, et cetera, et cetera. And I just kept thinking of all these things that were not helping me at all. And then another voice would come in my mind and say, just keep swimming. 
But what if I get tired? What if I can't make it? What if I run out of air? What if I sink? Just keep swimming. And that voice that was saying, just keep swimming, kept coming back. No matter what negative thought I had, just keep swimming. And finally, I, and of course, I was trying to keep swimming the whole time this was going on. And eventually, that just keep swimming voice was the one that I was listening to. And I just kept swimming. And I had the swim fins in my hands, so I was using the swim fins to paddle with, which was helping. And I just kept swimming. I got um, all, and I could see a, a couple, uh, a man and woman standing in the water right near the shore, of course, because they were standing and they were only about knee deep, but they were, looked like they were far, far away. But they were watching for me because my friend that had, that had, um, that I had been trying to reach had figured out that I was in trouble because I, at one point I did holler for help. Mm. So she had gone to look for, to see if there was a lifeguard. And, and I guess, I think she had told this couple what was going on and asked them to watch for me. Well, they were watching for me and they, and they finally, I got close enough that I could hear them saying, are you okay? You know, do you need some help? And I, and I said, I wouldn't turn it down. (laughs) (laughs) And of course, by this time I was actually in shallow enough water that I was able to, you know, touch the bottom and, uh, you know, stand up. And, um, but, and, you know, the first thing I noticed was that my legs were just bloody I, you know, I'd been slammed into those rocks and every time I'd been slammed into the rocks, you know, my legs had gotten cut. So I just had, and of course then they were, because they were in water, they were bleeding and the blood was running down my leg. Oh my God. It would just, you know, that looked more horrifying than anything. Yeah. Oh my God. (laughs) Anyway, so I, um. But I was in water that I could stand up in. (laughs) That was the main thing. And sure enough, um, there was a lifeguard at the beach. We had told ourselves that there was no lifeguard there. So we were just going in, uh, you know, thinking. And of course, that I was telling myself that while I was in the water. Oh, Oh, there's, you know, if you're going to get out of this, you better do it yourself because we don't think there's a lifeguard here. Sure enough, there was a lifeguard. The lifeguard came in the water and helped me get out, at, you know, in this shallow water. And another lifeguard went and found a, a first aid person to come and patch me up a little bit. But I got out of the water. And I, I you know, I was just amazed. Um, and, um, you know, I went back to my hotel room I had a good cry <laughs> and um, went on to my class. It was part of the program I was in. And what I, you know, the thing that I noticed was that I hadn't panicked. Mm. All of that stuff that I used to tell myself about what would happen if I ever got in a difficult, life-threatening situation just had not been true. That voice that that I didn't even know existed 
that tell that was telling me to just keep swimming that voice was there and it stayed with me until mm. i was able to keep swimming and get out of the water so um it was a real uh it was just a revelation to me that i had that kind of a resource inside me that could help me in that kind of situation i was of course relieved and um uh you know and amazed and proud of myself really yeah. really proud of myself <laughs> and you wonder like where was that voice you know where yeah. did it come from like the inner the inner you is really yeah. some kind learning. of yeah. you know some kind of inner strength that yeah. i literally did not know i had because yeah. there was there were moments particularly when i was still kind of stuck in that in that little niche in the rocks and getting pounded into the into the lava um there there were parts of me that were like you know i may just die here mm. that came up for me i you know i don't know if i'm going to make it out of here so um anyway so it was just really uh really yeah. um, a a wonderful revelation to to know that i had a part of myself that was that was able that was able to pull me through that kind of an inc- that kind of a life-threatening incident cuz it could have been life-threatening it it really yes. could have, yeah know. you could have listened to your panic um yeah. i mean as a lifeguard we know about panic panic what is it that sudden overwhelming fear that attacks a swimmer in real or fancied danger so When it doesn't matter that, if it's real or if it's real or fancied. Right. And <laughs> yeah. so, you know, they always taught us if you're going to get someone there in a panic, they're going to grab a hold of you and drown you too. You know, so you <laughs> right. have to know what their state is. But so you so you got through it and how would you say you saw yourself after that? So I know before I I'm going to panic, I'm not good, I'm a fraud. Yeah. How did you see yourself after that? After that I saw myself as number one brave. Wow. I can't, I can't get my finger on the screen. Number one brave. Um capable. Wow. Uh stronger than I had ever imagined and um and like I said, I can sit in the exit row in an airplane and not feel like a fraud. Wow. That's, you know, that's a real, you know, just like a little something to be proud of. <laughs> yes. That and how old just I know most of the time we don't like to talk about age, but how old were you when this happened? I was, let's see, 76. 76. Okay. Yeah. Or what no, I guess I was still 75. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so 75 was, years of age. I've had I've had two birthdays since then. Yeah, so I'm 77 now. Right. So at 75, when some people think their life is over and they're old and that's all, you know, you you realized you were brave, capable, stronger than you thought and not a fraud in the exit row. So Yes. Yeah. That's to give other people inspiration. Yeah. You know, some I mean, people if, if I can if I can save myself if i can discover these this wonderful um uh courage and 
strength that I didn't literally didn't know I had. If I can do that at 75, you know, anybody can do it. Anybody yeah. can do it. You, you just don't ever want to give up on yourself, no matter how old you get. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So that's how we got the new Linda. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then, do you want to, yeah. do you want to know the other little fringe benefit that I got out of this? Sure. This is a, this is a really good one, especially for women. Okay. I completely let go of judging my body. No way. Way. That's impossible that that. I know. Happen. I didn't. I don't believe. I mean, you know, every I now and then, I look, every now and then, then I look in the mirror and go, and then I go, nope. That body got me out of that life-threatening situation. She can do anything she wants to. And she can look old and she can get wrinkly and she can get saggy and she can, you know, not look perfect anymore. And not that I ever did look perfect, but, <laughs> but, you know, it's fine with me. That body got me here and I wouldn't be here if it weren't for my body being willing to listen to that advice to just keep swimming. So, okay. So you're looking in the mirror. Come on, let's test this theory. You're looking yeah. in the mirror. I know what happens when I look in the mirror. It's like, oh, yeah. when did that happen? I, and, yeah, and I used to do that all the time. Oh my God. So what happens just, now? You look in I the just, mirror and you go, yay? Like, well, not necessarily, but I look in the mirror and I'm, I'm okay. All right, I'm show okay what with you myself. You know, I look in the mirror and I go, this is my face. You know, it's, it's got some wrinkles. It's got some sags. It's got some, you know, less than perfect places. I wish my neck didn't have all this, but you know, it doesn't bug me like it used to. Wow. It doesn't make me think I'm bad or wrong or defective or, you know, amazing I'm gonna and, and you know it's yeah. it's not it's not perfect I mean every now and then I can get caught up in you know the wrinkles yeah. or the whatever you know oh I've got this flabby arm oh dear you know I you know it, it it bugs me from time to time but it's not like this constant self-criticism wow this constant just running myself down because I don't look the way I think I should, you know? And that's a real gift. Half full, half empty. Yes. It's way more likely to be half full now. Exactly. (laughs) I would say I'm a half empty kind of gal. (laughs) And I have always thought that's about myself. I'm always on half empty. Wow. So but, I, but I, you, I'm not so much anymore when I think about myself, when I look at myself. Wow. You know, if yeah. you could bottle that and sell it, Woo! you would become a billionaire. Be a zillionaire. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever heard someone say they've gotten free of their body judgment. Yeah. You know? I really haven't. So come on, let's see what we can do with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. I'm gonna, I'm ready. You know what? I'm going to think of you every time I'm like, oh, I don't recommend you. getting yourself in a life-threatening situation in order to do that. 
Yeah, I won't. I won't. I'm going to borrow it from you without the life threatening. Yeah. 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 Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. (laughs) Now you also, okay. I know you also said, um, I mean, do you want to talk about your heart surgery right now and how that, how it helped you get through that? And then we'll we'll leave the love stuff till the second half. At the time that I, at the time I was, uh, snorkeling in Hawaii a a little over a year ago, um, I was having some shortness of breath. And so the fear of the shortness of breath was real when I was in the water trying to get, trying to get back to shore. Um, And the reason I was having shortness of breath was that I had had a uh, leaky mitral valve in my heart. And I already... Did you know about it at the time? Yes. Yes. Okay. I did know about it. Um, I had been told that, you know, eventually it's going to get bad enough that it'll probably need surgery, but not yet. So, you know, don't worry about it. Just kind of my, I had a car, I have a cardiologist. I still do have a cardiologist and, and, you know, monitor that puppy every year or so and make sure it's not getting worse. And then uh, let's see. Were you thinking Almost, about that at all when you were hitting the lava rocks about the heart or no? I, when I was trying to swim back and I was afraid I was going to give out and yeah. not be able to do it, I was thinking about getting short of breath. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Okay. So that did occur to me in, in right. the water for sure. So uh, about a year later, then um, uh, they said, well, it's time, you know, the, 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 the checkup I had, uh, about a year after this incident set was, um, yep, it's time to do something about the heart valve. So in April of this year, I had uh, mitral valve repair and that was very successful. And, um, but I think, uh, and of course, any kind of quote unquote major surgery is, you know, it's scary. But I think the the fact that I, you know, of course, and I'm, I have the advantage of living in Houston where we have a one of the world's greatest medical centers and, you know, uh, major heart surgery is like, oh, yeah, we do that every day. <laughs> you know, so so even if even if the patient is scared, the doctor is like, hey, no big deal. <laughs> but um, I think the fact that I had made it through my snorkeling incident led me to feel a little more confident than I would have and to be able to go, okay, yeah, I know this is something scary, but it's not that scary in terms of what the doctor is going to be able to do. And it's not that scary because, you know, it just isn't, it's, it's a, it's a routine procedure nowadays. So uh, I was able to listen to that voice instead of the voice that says, oh, my God, what's what if something, you know, what if there's a complication of what if there what if there's something that I, you know, it could go wrong. And, you know, what if the doctor has a bad day or, blah, blah, you know, um, so I think I'm probably uh, more likely to listen to the positive voice, you know, when there's something that's kind of upsetting I'm, I'm more likely to even be aware that there is a positive voice. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I'd like to find mine. 
Well, you know, someone said, um, and tell me if this is, um, if you think this is where it comes from. When I listen to my head, it's the bad one. It's the panic one. It's the hopeless one. When I'm in my heart, that's where my purpose, my soul, you know, there's calm there. There's confidence. I'm clear. I wonder if that is your, I mean, I'm just wondering, we're not, yeah, we're not right. brain people here, but if the, if, if it's your heart one that you were hearing that has the positive, I just, I'm just wondering, cause I've you never know, heard the positive in my brain. It's not, yeah. it's, a, it's usually very. Dis- I, you know, I don't, I don't know, Hillary. Uh, I'm sure that, and I have a lot of friends who say that, you know, Oh, that's your heart voice. That, I don't know where it comes from. Right. And I'm, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a scientist by training. And so I tend to think of everything as part of my brain, <laughs> you know, everything I've learned, everything I've um, grown through and grown from and developed is, is it's just part of who I am. And what and, kind of, yeah, what and kind I, of but I do think, I do think that it's really, um, it's easy to learn to listen to that negative voice because you, at least for me, I, I, in the past, I have been afraid that, you know, the worst thing is going to happen. So I better not think too positive or I might be disappointed. (laughs) And, (laughs) you know, so it's real easy to just shut that positive voice down and say, don't get my hopes up. Mm. You know, we don't know for sure what's going to happen here and don't get my hopes up. It might go bad. So. Wow. <clears throat> oh, I, I have a similar one. Don't, don't, yeah. Don't, don't get your hopes up so you won't be disappointed. Yeah. It's the same thing. Yeah. So, yeah. But it, but it keeps me playing very small. You know, yes. So, yes. You know, so when I can learn, so okay, back to what kind of scientist were you? Uh, I was chemist. Oh, so yeah. what did you do as a chemist? I'm just. I curious. did. Uh, I worked in in the oil industry, okay. which is what you do in Texas if you're, you know, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. Uh, I worked in the oil industry for a number of years, and um, <clears throat> then got into um, technical writing was a different way to apply my uh, scientific background and then went from there to doing other kinds of writing for a long time. Cool. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Okay. So, I mean, to be a chemist, you gotta, you gotta understand that stuff. That's (laughs) not, that wasn't my forte. So good for you. All right. So anything else about, we're going to do the love part Okay. After the commercial, anything else about the incident that you want to talk about and how it, how it, um, you know, you became this strong, brave, courageous, surviving woman at 75, which is amazing. Um, last year at the end of the year. So this would be a little more than a year after the snorkeling incident in Hawaii, Mm -hmm. I went to the Galapagos Islands 
and we snorkeled five days in a row. And um, it was not, there was, there was, there were no, you know, lava rock places to hurt myself. Um, There was a, there was a day, one of the, one of the five days I was in some deep water without a place to touch down. And I got a little overly tired and I, you know, I, what I did was I called on the, the tour guide. That was another thing that I got out of, out of this incident in Hawaii. I became real willing to ask for help. Mm. And, uh, you know, I hollered for, I literally yelled for help because I had, there was nobody else, there was nobody around. And then when I got close to the beach and this, this couple offered to help me, I was like, sure, why not? I mean, and, and that would not been the usual thing for me. Mm. So anyway, when I had this, this one time when we, when we were snorkeling in the Galapagos, I, um, I called on the tour guide. I said, you know, I'm getting kind of tired here and I'm not sure, I'm not sure where I'm, I need to head back to the boat, but I'm not sure which the, all the boats looked like. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and so he said, well, yeah, that's our boat over He, You know, he pointed out our boat and then he said, but there's a penguin over here that everybody's going to watch. And you might want to, you might want to go over there and see the penguin. I went, Oh, okay. And he, and he showed me a place where the rocks on the bottom were high enough that I could touch down and grab a few breaths. And then I was off to see the penguin. And, you know, that was like way more positive of an outcome than I could have imagined before I did what I did in Hawaii. Yeah. And that was one day out of five days of snorkeling where everything was just fabulous and you know just got to see all kinds of wonderful we you know we got to see the um marine tortoises and we got to swim with the sea lions who were just playing with us and we got to see the penguin who he was he wasn't swimming with us but he was just right on the side where we could come up fairly close to him and we got to see sharks and all kinds of fish and seahorses and you name it and you know, I, I probably before the before the incident, I probably would have said after the second or third day, okay, that's enough. You know, we've you know we've seen most of it. Let's just yeah, it's, it's okay. But wow. I was like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> Let's wow. keep doing this. It's so fun. So it wow. did make me, I think it did make me a little bit more adventurous. Yeah. We're willing to be adventurous. But then you were 76 and you're raring to go. Amazing. Yeah. All right. So thank you, Linda. All right. Well, stay tuned. We're going to talk about Linda's love life, which, you know, if you've given up, I've kind of given up. Uh, I'm ready to hear it and get inspired. So, (laughs) So come back after the commercial break and we will see you very soon. Has social-emotional learning become just one more thing on your teacher's plates? Do teachers and students both find it boring and ineffective? 
Then bring Kikori to your school. Kikori transforms classrooms through experiential SEL activities that help students play, reflect, connect, and grow. Even better, students say it's more fun than recess. Schedule a no-obligation conversation at kikoriapp.com slash bringkikori. K-I-K-O-R-I. Do you ever feel like you can't say what you really want to say? Or that you're stuck or in a holding pattern in your relationships, career, personal life, or finances? Are there things you want in life that you've given up on? Are you resigned that this is as good as it's going to get? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then Hillary Burns, host of the Getting Real with Hillary show, has the solution you need. Hillary is a published author of three books and has a program called The Getting Real Process. This process frees you from what is holding you back, allowing you to create a life you love. Don't believe it? It is hard to believe that it could work, isn't it? The proof is that hundreds of Hillary's clients have used the Getting Real process and are now free to create whatever they want in relationships, career, finances, enjoying life, or just loving themselves more. So go to realtalkwithhillary.com and order Hillary's book, Real Talk, and set up a conversation. Okay, welcome back to the Getting Real with Hillary show. Thanks again to our sponsor, KokoriApp.com. If you want to bring experiential social-emotional learning to your kids in schools or your team at work, go to KokoriApp.com and schedule an appointment. I highly advise it. It is life-changing and, you know, just what the kids after COVID need. And if you are having trouble, uh, trying to fix yourself. Don't forget my book, Your Bullshit is Your Blessing, How to Stop Fixing Yourself and Start Having Fun. This is out of my three books. This is my totally favorite. It's real. It's very real. All right. And then if you're someone who doesn't speak up, Real Talk with Hillary Arno Burns, that's me. And the subtitle is How to Say the Things You've Never Said So You Can Have the Things You've Always Wanted. This uh, totally works for me. It's got the getting real process. I used it just today when I was feeling hopeless and no good. And I used the process and I came back to enjoying my life. So it really does work. And now back to our guest, Linda Posey. We're going to hear how she went after love in her 70s. All right, Linda, welcome back. We want to hear all about your love life. But first, um, I think you were married prior, and yes. how many years were you married originally? I was, I was married for 42 years to the same man, Yeah, and he passed away in 2012, and so I was single for quite a few years, and you want me to just start the story? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, how did he pass away? Just I'm He just had a heart attack. So it was sudden. It was sudden. And he had had a triple bypass and a a mild heart attack and stents and so on before. So he had a history that would lead you to expect that that might happen, but it was sudden. Yeah. Okay. So that was 11 years ago. So at that point, um, you were 60, 
66 or so? Yes, 65? yes. Right yeah. at 66. Yeah, 65, 66. Okay. All right. So you were alone for how many years until you decided you were going to get back in the game? Well, um, I actually uh, I actually started uh, online dating, I think, in 2014. So I was okay. single for – I was pretty much, a, you know, on my own for a couple of years there. And when I started dating, I was real picky. So I didn't date a lot. I didn't, you know, like go out every week or every month even. Um, And um, so. um, And was this, oh, so this was from online. So you had. Yes. So I, I, I I signed up on a couple of online dating sites and what I discovered was that uh, I wasn't getting contacted by a lot of men. So what I discovered that I needed to do was be the one that was willing to contact them. Mm. If I was going to meet somebody, I was going to have to reach out. So okay. that was a big step for me. I was not exactly, uh, you know, I I was married. I didn't have to reach out to find companionship. <laughs> He, right. he lived with him, right? You know? Right. So I, so it was, it was, a, it was a big step to reach out and to accept that and to accept that first date and, you know, then decide do I'm on the second date or you know, I, every piece of it was felt like a big step. Mm. <laughs> and um, what I discovered was that over over the uh, the period of a few years. Uh, so let's see, from about 2014 to about um, 2020, so that's about six years. Um, yeah. I I did that. I did that a fair amount. You know, I reached out to somebody and I had a few dates, and you know, or one date or two dates. Mm-hmm. But I never met anybody that just was the one. I never met anybody that I was just real excited to have a romantic relationship with. Um, and did you ever feel like quitting? Oh yeah. Every time, every time one of these relationships <laughs> fell through, I was like, Oh, forget it. I'm not ready for this. It's too much trouble. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I quit all the time and I stop after yes, the state. Yes. like, but, oh, but, I can't do this to myself. Yeah. Really? I mean, right? it's, yeah. sometimes it really does feel like torture, doesn't it? Yes. Yes. Okay. So, but what I, okay. what I told myself after a while, I had to start telling myself, look, if I'm going to get through this process and not just be totally discouraged, I'm going to have to find something good about every one of these dates. Wow. Uh, You know, I'm going to have to learn something. I'm going to have to take something with me that I can, that I can, uh, uh, you know, even if it's a negative situation, I'm going to have to go, okay, I'm, that's one, that's an item I want to put on my list of things to avoid when I'm, or, or if it's a good thing, I'm going to have to put it on my list of things I want to find in a relationship. And, um, so the first guy I went out with, um, was funny and a good conversationalist and, um, you know, we had a nice time together. 
Uh, he kissed me once or twice, and I got to discover that. Oh, okay, I remember that, <laughs> and that, and that, and I enjoy that. Isn't that nice? I can still enjoy kissing. <laughs> Hot dog. <laughs> Yay! So, um, but couldn't get him to commit to a time or place or you know it's like setting an actual date was like pulling teeth mm. and then half the time he would change his mind or be late or not show up at all or be out of town it was just you know it was just crazy so um anyway but you know, I, I got the courage to go out on that first date and the first couple of dates. And I got the courage to let the guy kiss me and find out that kissing was still a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there was something positive to take away from that, mm -hmm. that experience. Next, you know, so, so that was 2020, but you've been at this for six years. So good for you for not quitting. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. Next. So the, the yeah, so, the next, so the next one, you know, well, not, this is not in any particular order, but, um, I, uh, you know, I went out with a guy who was a great conversationalist and, and he, he literally liked to go on long walks and we had, you know, we, we went on, we went walking together and, and we, we talked and he introduced me to new kinds of food and, and, had we had a good time together and um uh, at, at at this point um Cirque du Soleil was in town and I'd never been to Cirque du Soleil so I said I decided you know I want to go to Cirque du Soleil <clears throat> and I don't want to go by myself so I'm going to buy the tickets and you know just take this guy and I told him that's what I wanted to do. And he said, oh, that's kind of expensive. I said, yeah, you can take me out to a nice place to eat and we'll call it even. Mm -hmm. So we did that. And while we were eating dinner, he said, you know, we could be really good friends. And I was like, yeah, we could. But it, and it didn't offend me at all because I felt the same way. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he right. was a nice guy. He was a lovely guy. I enjoyed talking to him. He was interesting. He had an interesting background. And, you know, there was no spark. There was no okay. magic going on. Okay. Anyway, so next. <laughs> yeah. so, you know, every time I went, every every step along the way, it was like that. I got to look at the look at what I experienced, and I had there was a guy that had anger management issues, and I was like, no, thank you. You know, <laughs> next, <laughs> there was a guy that I that um, uh, this was on down the road, not too long before I you know, met my current person, um, who I discovered when I was talking to him that I was willing to fall for him. It didn't happen, but I discovered that I had become willing to have that happen in my oh. life. And that was a revelation because I realized, you know, maybe I just, maybe literally all these other guys before him, I, I just wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. And, and then, uh, you know, <clears throat> so each time, each time I, each time I had a date, 
I had an experience that I managed to learn something from. And I, I think that was really, uh, I think that was really important. And mm -hmm. I, and I also had a nice list of things I, you know, things that the positive things I wanted, the, the negative things I didn't want. And I updated those, those lists on a regular basis. And, um, so then, and then, um, come on. I, I had a, I had a, <laughs> I had a really nice, then I, then I had a, a really nice time with a guy that I had, um, some romantic feelings for, but not, not the kind of feelings that you know, you want to spend your life with this person. Mm. If that makes okay. sense. Yeah. And, um, and then I met Richard. <laughs> and what happened with Richard? <laughs> and this is really interesting. I had seen his profile hmm, at least a year before I actually met him um, on a completely different dating site from the one I where I actually met him. And I didn't even realize it was the same guy until much later. Um, and then when I ran across him as, you know, I got matched with him on one of the dating sites, mm -hmm. I didn't do anything about it hmm. because his profile sounded so perfect for me. I was like, oh, this is too good to be true. He's probably got some, you know, slime in the ice machine. <laughs> He's got something <laughs> hidden. <laughs> you remember slime in the ice machine? That 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 tells you how old I am. Um, he's there. This is just too good to be true. And I and he's probably taken by now because he's, you know, I I could see how great he was from his profile, you know. Yeah. So I was What was great? What was great about the profile? The like profile what kind of thing? was the profile was readable. It was written it was written well, in good English. Yeah, okay, good. And I'm a writer, you know, that I hate to be prejudiced yeah. against people who can't write, but you know, it meant something to me that he was smart enough to write something that you could follow and Right. Okay. <laughs> And he, and he was educated and he was um, clearly intelligent and he loved to travel, loves to travel. And uh, one of the, the first sentence in the profile was, I'm looking for someone to visit some UNESCO sites with me. Uh, UNESCO is the United Nations, um, it's a United Nations or organization that has all of, that has designated all these sites all around the world as UNESCO sites because they are culturally and historically and wow. uh, uh, relevant. So it's everything from the Grand Canyon and the Eiffel Tower to little obscure villages in you know countries you've never heard of mm -hmm. that are also culturally unique and so they've gotten designated as UNESCO sites. Anyway, so there's hundreds of these sites all around the world. Yeah. 
and and not everybody knows about them. (laughs) I recognize that in his profile. And when I told him, when we when we did actually get together, when I told him that that was one of the things that attracted me to him, he was like so impressed that I knew what he was talking about. Wow. So that now, attracted him to me. <laughs> how did you finally connect with him? Did so you finally anyway, get right? Okay, so yeah. I didn't I didn't connect with him that first time I saw his profile because I thought, you know, he's gone by now. He's taken. He's got. He's right. such a catch. He's got to be taken. So some months later. I, I saw him again. I was matched with him again, again. And this time we were, we were designated as, a, as mutual matches, which, you know, oh. I don't know if that really means anything. But anyway, I saw him again and I was like, well, there he is again with his perfect profile and his, and, you know, his nice smile. And I'm like, what the heck? You know, he can only say no. Yeah. You know, he's not going to, he's not going to come over here and beat up on me because he doesn't know where I live, (laughs) you know, or he's not going to come over here and thumb his nose at me or whatever he might do. So I, I screwed up my courage and I contacted him. And so this was 2020 now. Wow. May of 2020, the pandemic has started. Oh, everything is shut down. And, and so we were, you know, so we contact, we contacted each other. And then we, I think we may have even talked on the phone a time or two. And then we had, so, but we were like, you know, what do we do now? We're not, nobody's supposed to go anywhere or do anything. (laughs) And, um, but we were, you know, the, conver- the the conversation was, you know, interesting. And so we were trying to figure out how we were going to get together. And so I suggested that we have a Zoom call. And hmm. we had, a, so we had a Zoom call and we stayed on the phone for an hour and a half and, uh, and just had a great time talking to each other. And and we still didn't know for sure if, we, if it was safe to get together in person. And so <clears throat> I think we did another Zoom call or two. And then we finally just said, okay, you know, we've got to, we've got to do this. You know, we just, we've just got to do this. And so we met and, um, you know, the first thing you're supposed to do is make sure that the person is the same, is the right person, you know, that they're not, mm. they, that the picture they've put on their right. profile is a picture of a real person that is the person that shows up at your date. Mm-hmm. So we pulled up beside each other in the parking lot and, and we agreed that we were going to wear masks. <laughs> I'm got, how am I going to, how am I going to tell he's going to have a mask on? <laughs> Right. But we pulled up beside each other in the parking lot and I could see him in the car. And of course, he didn't have his mask on yet. So I could mm-hmm. see that he was the same person that I'd seen a picture of on the dating site. And well, you sure he could, on, and he you'd seen him on Zoom already. I'd, well, I had seen him on Zoom, but, you know, he he could still be sending a, a ringer to the date, to the actual date. Oh. That's not very likely, but, you know. 
I mean, right. I, was, I was being well, overly really cautious, probably. That but was he, before you're almost drowning. So, yes, you were yes. cautious. Oh, yes, right, right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So we saw each other, and we waved at each other in the car, and then we put on our masks, and we got out, and we, and we had our date. And um, anyway, we just had a really nice time together and um, said, well, we, we want to do this again. And we threw caution to the wind and hugged each other at the end of the day <laughs> when we were about to leave. Yeah. Okay, we've been, we've been together. <clears throat> anyway, so one thing led to another and we saw each other again and um, the rest is history. <laughs> and it's been four, almost three years. years. Three years three now. Years. It's been three years. Wow. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's so inspiring. I mean, good for you for not giving up. I, I give up all the time and stop. It's like, uh, I just don't want to, but you kept going. So good for you. And there, and there were, you know, it's, it is amazing, especially since this was all before the snorkeling incident. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing that I did keep going because back then I tell you, you know, every time one, every time, Either I had a one date that was clearly, you know, that's it, or two dates that, oh, golly, you know, forget that. Um, or, uh, you know, several of these guys I had a handful of dates with. And, mm. um, and then, yeah. yeah, it's not really going anywhere. You know, I'm not inspired. I'm not turned on. I'm not excited, you know. And um, did you ever think... It's you, because that's what I think. Oh, There's of course. Like, oh, of course. <laughs> yes. I, you know, I'm like, well, you're too picky. It'll never happen. I'm, yeah, I'm, too, I'm too picky. I'm not cute enough, not young enough, not young enough yeah. looking. This is back before the snorkeling yeah. incident where yeah. I got yeah. my, yeah. got got to forgive my body. <laughs> uh -huh. And um, so, um, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's amazing that's that I didn't just. And I would, and I would lay off for a while, which is why yeah. it took me, you know, several years to get all these, to, to, to yeah. date a, a fairly limited number of, of people. Um, so, okay. So Linda, we have one minute. Oh, what okay. I know. Can you believe it? What would you want to leave people with, especially, you know, women in their seventies, sixties who might've given up, you know, is there any kind of inspirational words you can close with here well the first the first thing is don't give up hmm. you know keep swimming and keep swimming and, and be and at the same time be patient with yourself hmm. you know i think i think my bestie was just about ready to throw in the towel for <laughs> for me because you know i was moving along pretty slowly hmm. but but i you know, if I had to take a month or two off between these dates, I did because I was, you know, discouraged or whatever. Mm -hmm. And and then I went back and, you know, started looking again. Yeah. <clears throat> so That's don't great. give up, but be patient with your process, whatever, however long it takes you to feel comfortable with the new guy or to or to feel ready to jump back in again do it, right. you know, just give yourself yeah. and, and do whatever you can to let yourself grow into the confidence that you need. 
You need the confidence to think, to at least have an occasional positive thought about your body, about your personality, about, about who you are in the world. So that you thank you, Linda. So that you can be confident with these guys. Right. Thank (laughs) you. Thank you so much for being brave, for telling (laughs) your story, for you know, that you kept swimming and that you got who you are, and that really truly you are an inspiration to women, sixties, seventies, whatever. Yes. Look at what you've done. Yeah. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for allowing me to share all this. You're welcome. Privilege. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for being who you are. Thank you. Thank you for watching this episode. I started getting real with Hillary when I discovered that I was a people-pleasing, pleasant phony and wanted to be more of my real self. We can grow together. If you will like the show, subscribe to my channel, and share this episode with your friends and family so that we can have a world that's more real.